0: Welcome back, fellow fans, to The Frustrated Fans, episode 36, Doctor Who's on first. The frustrated fans stealing your rose-colored glasses one franchise at a time. I'm your co-host, Pete. I'm
1: your other co-host, Jeremy, and guess what I still hate?
0: There, That's a long list, man. You're going to have to narrow it down for me.
1: Resurrection F.
0: Oh, well, duh. <laughs> that,
1: that, does that really need to be said? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might become my intro phrase instead of uh, venting frustration. It's, it's hating Fr- Resurrection F every episode at a time. Well, every, I
0: promise you, every time we cover another Dragon Ball Z product, you can do that.
1: Yay!
0: We just don't have one coming up, at the least planned out at the moment. So, well, maybe in the future. So, today, fans, as I promised, we're looking at British sci-fi. Because we got bored with American, <laughs> and totally I think, I, well, I've had enough Japanese material
1: for a while. I think. Hey, you have too. Well, bad Japanese material. I'm rewatching Cowboy. Ah, I'm rewatching Cowboy Bebop now, and that show's awesome. And I'm rewatching The Big
0: O. That show got confusing, <laughs> but it's still awesome, and it's Showtime. So, for those of you not in the know, Doctor Who is a series that is over fifty years old now. Began in, let me see, I think their 50th anniversary was last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there was, it hasn't been a continuous show for 50 years. It's, it, there was a big break in the 80s. So, yeah, it started in 1963, Dang. actually. So, its first episode was uh, ni- uh, November 1963. So, we're almost coming up on 52 years. Hmm. And it went off the air, was canceled in December of 1989. So its original run went for 26 years.
1: That is pretty crazy.
0: Now, between that and the series relaunch in 2005, there was one television film in 1996. But other than that, yeah, it was continuous for 23 years and then picked right back up in 2005.
1: And that's what we're covering today.
0: Yes, we are. We're not covering the previous
1: 26 years of it. No, we're
0: not. Um, Because that would take way too long, and Germany would cross uh, several states to come kill me.
1: Yes, yes, I would. Probably with the line, Exterminate! (laughs) Actually, with the line, I hate Resurrection F and Doctor Who! But we
0: are picking up where the series left off, where, where the series resumed back in 2005. Now, this is. For Br- this is not the usual sci- pulp sci-fi that Jeremy and I grew up with. Um, I mean, we were both Star—we grew up with Star Wars, Star Trek. Uh, what else? I mean, I, I watched all kinds of old sci-fi movies when I was a kid. no black and white of the black and white Friday. So I saw the day the world stand stood still, and them, and a bunch of other fun movies like the original Frankenstein, and Dracula, when I was a kid. But Yeah, I grew
1: up Star Trek. I actually saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars. And then, after nice. I, and then after I saw Star Wars, the majority of the jokes in Spaceballs suddenly made sense. But this series is definitely different than the, than the usual sci-fi out there. It's not
0: surreal or nihilistic like uh, The Twilight Zone could be, certainly. I did watch that but, growing up.
1: That show freaked me nothing.
0: out. <laughs> oh, yeah. But... It involves a uh, time-traveling alien known simply as the Doctor, um, who is a alien from the planet of Gallifrey, and he's got a time machine that unfortunately is not DeLorean-shaped, yes. but it's shaped like a big uh, phone booth, what used to be in the ni- British 1950s a police phone booth where you could call the police, called the TARDIS. This series, what, when they relaunched in 2005, did its best to try and not only uphold uh, an old fans' love from the original 26-year run, but as well as uh, introduce new fans by not throwing every concept at you at once. Is it the right way? Well, we're, that's what we're here to talk about today. So what has been your experience with the franchise so far, Jeremy, mm-hmm. before today,
1: before this? Uh, nothing, nada, and a whole lot of bupkis.
0: Hmm. Does I, that buff kiss come with a any dash of do not care?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. I, uh, I, okay. I've obviously heard of the show. I mean, you can't really live in nerd culture without hearing of it. Oh my god, no! And I've you know obviously I've seen the eighteen million pop culture references about it and not gotten most of it. Like I didn't realize that the opening to Yu Gi Oh Abridged Bonds Beyond Time was a Doctor Who reference. Yeah, I didn't cat... I was like, oh, I wonder what. Oh, like, oh, that's kind of a cool opening thing that they did. Well, did
0: you do get? Did you get the outro to uh, History of Trunks abridged? Was a Doctor Who?
1: By that point, I knew that's what it was referencing. Okay, by by that point, I did. But yeah, until like later on, I think someone did like a Doctor Who reference, and I saw that part. I was like, oh, so that's where they got it from.
0: (laughs) Well, this series, I mean, like you said, you can't really experience nerd culture from it because even one of our favorite audio breaks to one. both of us are getting really nerdy where we have someone just shout nerd is from robot chicken when it, when it pokes fun at Dr. Who.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I've obviously my friend, a few of my friends have watched it. One of my friends is a huge fan of it and I've seen the closest I've gotten to actually watching it or knowing much about it was there's a web comic called Ensign Sue must die. And oh, I've, I've heard of that one. It is really funny. Um, the, very, the first part of it is just hysterically funny because it's this Ensign Sue, which is a Mary Sue that shows up in the original Star Trek series. And um, the sequel to it involves all the – like Doctor Who as well and other, and other uh, fandoms. So like they meet the X-Men and, of course, they do the Picard and um, Xavier jokes. And it's a really funny comic, and Doctor Who is in it, so that's the only other real experience I have with it.
0: I can't help but wonder um, if the the old uh, Starboard webcomic had any references to it. You know which one I'm talking about? Uh, no. This was just like – here, I'm linking it to you right now. Uh-huh. This, is a, this was – it unfortunately ended in 2006, just it petered off. But it was just hilarious on how well they parodied almost all of nerd culture. Oh, oh no, I've never seen this one. Oh, definitely take a read, man. It is hilarious. Okay. Anyway, um, so my experience is actually kind of weird. Again, like Jeremy, you can't really be involved in nerd culture and have not have some experience uh, with Doctor Who, even tangentially. But my first major exposure to this actually came from the Kara show. I was used to follow him pretty regularly. I have kind of fallen off about that, and I kind of feel bad about that, but uh, he did cover Doctor Who comics at one point. But for uh, no one, for someone who was not familiar with the show, he actually took the time to explain kind of the basics of it. Not just only the TARDIS, but the whole concept of regeneration. And for those who have not ever seen this show, regeneration is essentially. Uh, A really brilliant stroke of the writers to let new actors come into the the titular role when necessary. Essentially, since the Doctor's alien, whenever he's mortally wounded, he can regenerate, which means he just basically rebuilds his body from the inside out. And it completely restructures his facial features and makes different parts of his personality more uh, dominant or dormant. This short version is they do this every time they want to introduce a new actor into the role um, and let, let, the keep, let the show keep going. So it's still the same person, but they can completely change the tone of the show if they want. Yeah, it's a really good concept. And props to Louis Lovick of – I've talked to Fourth Wall, a.k.a. Linkar himself. He did a really good job of getting me interested in this. A few years ago, I decided to see What the Fuss About, and I started with the series at the relaunch, what we're looking at today, and I got hooked pretty fast. This show, even though it's part of quote-unquote Britain's family hour, it can get pretty dark at points and scary. I mean, especially for kids, especially when you have enemies like the Cybermen, which are kind of a version of the Borg, Hmm. and or the Daleks, yeah, or even the Weeping Angels, which... That episode gave me at least one nightmare. <laughs> Props to this show. They, Since it involves time travel, they can pretty much go anywhere, any when they want and kind of just experiment. I've seen the show go to the far future. I've seen it go to Pompeii. I've seen it go to Victorian England, and it's still fun today. I'm still making my way through the series. I'm just at the end of The Tenth Doctor, David, played by David Tennant,
1: and I'm looking forward to see where
0: Matt Smith goes
1: who is the Eleventh Doctor. Yeah, for me, if I hear people say, oh, I like the Doctor, I think of the character from Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> also good. Yeah.
0: All right, but we'll get to actually getting into the episode after the next, after our first break.
1: Don't tell anyone about this, because if you do, you'll get them killed.
0: I'm a Doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. So the episode picks up um, – it doesn't actually have an intro like a lot of good sci-fi does. Like every time you see a Star, Star Trek episode, it's very rare to have the show not open with Captain's Log, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of just set the stage. Our first intro into the show is actually the theme song, which honestly this – is one of the better theme songs I've heard. Now, it's the same raw theme song from the 1960s, but it's been remade and re, uh, remade a number of times to kind of adapt with changing music influences. Even in the last 10, God, 10 years since the show's relaunched, this, the series has – if you listen to the various seasons, the theme slowly changes each time.
1: See, like I said, I'm used to hearing it from uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged movie. So right. whenever I hear it, I expect to hear the uh, parody song right after it where uh, Jaden's singing, y'all gonna make me throw a face down up in here. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> a Batman, whoa! So yeah, that's that's when I, yeah. literally when I think of that song, that's the first other thing that pops into my head. So, um, the show actually proper begins with the worst
0: sound you can imagine. And no, it's not Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber doing that awful screech. Ah! No. That's more. It's more nasal. Back in the ah! Closer, closer. I like that.
1: No, it's the sound of a bu- buzzing alarm clock. We all love that sound. Yeah, that, that's how the uh, Final Fantasy 15 demo starts, is with someone's alarm going off. Oh, that, that demo was downhill from there. <laughs> Luckily, the audio was uphill, because the music was amazing, but the rest of that, that was the highlight of that demo, which I will The only wh- time I've ever seen
0: that, that sound, mm-hmm. welcome even, was in the fourth uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, when that's the sound, that's the end, end uh, of stage sound. Uh. Essentially it's morning again. So that's actually welcome at that point because you ha- don't have to fight the animatronics anymore.
1: <laughs> it's like yay, no jump scares for another minute.
0: <laughs> so we begin our story following this blonde woman we quickly ner- learn her name is Rose. She works at a department store and I'm having awful flashbacks to my retail days. Um <laughs> When I worked uh, for one of the major re- de- major department stores, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it just basically, the first two, three minutes is just kind of basically showing her basic day, and it, they do, they use time lapse of uh, outside of one of the main squares of London to show, you know, time passing. At the end of the day, she goes downstairs with probably her deposit for the day. She called it lottery money. I don't, I don't know what for. Yeah. And, uh, she, the, in, Everything's empty. The security guard she's looking for isn't there, and the seen right out of everyone's nightmares. Yeah. Suddenly, all the plastic mannequins around
1: here start coming to life. Which I, I like the beginning of that where they just kind of subtly turn to her, and then they eventually start moving. I, I have to admit that kind of creeped me out. The, the minute they started kind of walking over to her looking like uh, they were doing the robot, you know, Domo Obrigato, <laughs> Mr. Roboto, I, I yeah. was honestly creeped out. Uh, yeah, I got again. This show is good at that. Yeah.
0: it is good at building those creepy moments.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that they are um, straight it. out of
0: many people's nightmares. I mean, that's just oh. freaky. Oh, definitely. At the last second, a man she doesn't re- recognize grabs her arm and tells her to run, saving her. While he, uh, while well, they quickly run to the elevator, and he manages to lock the door. Yeah. and there's some quick dialogue between her. She's, she's like, "Well, who the hell are you?" And he's like, oh, I'm the doctor. How you doing? And he basically tells her to get the hell out because he's going to blow the crap out of the store to destroy those
1: mannequins. So she runs off, but still hangs on to the arm from one of the mannequins. Right.
0: It's kind of one of those classic horror movie cliches. One of the mannequins manages to stick its arm in the elevator as the doors are closing, and the doctor does a sonic screwdriver, uses his uh, tool of many uses. It's basically... It's basically whatever the writers wanted to do. It's called a sonic screwdriver to disconnect the arm from the from the mannequin, and they keep it for some. So, the next, yeah, the next day, show, the store blows up, and we don't know what happens to the doctor. Rose goes home and starts talking with her and the mother the next day. And, she's, and uh, I have to say, I know where the character of Jackie Tyler goes, her mom. So this is a kind of
1: a weird introduction. Oh, so, yeah. wait, she she reappears throughout the show?
0: Oh, yeah. She actually becomes, towards the end of Rose's tenure as a companion, she actually becomes kind of a Mother Bear oh. character, Mama Bear character.
1: Okay. Badass. In, in this episode, she was kind of an idiot, so. Yeah, you know. she gets that. You know, I, 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 I got to say, I didn't realize that was her mother right away. I was like, oh, it's just her roommate. And then it's like, oh, Mom. And I went her mom. She looks like her older sister. Yeah. So,
0: so her mom's like, yeah, well, you need to call the police and see who will get you compensation for all the trauma you had of your all your job. Your job kind of blew up.
1: Yeah. It's, and the reason why also I thought it was just her roommate is she kept saying, like, she's going to kick her out because she can't pay her rent. Yeah. <laughs> so the doctor actually shows
0: up at her house. Because he, he just basically needs a few, little bit of more information. And he tells her, uh, tells her you know, after, uh, in probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire episode, as Rose is making them tea uh, for her and the doctor, uh, Jack, Jacqueline Tyler uh, tries to awkwardly seduce the doctor. You remember this scene? Oh, yeah. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, Jackie's sitting there. She's like, oh, there's a man in my house. And he's like, yeah. A strange man, yes, and he's right outside my bathroom bedroom, yes, and I'm just in my bathrobe, yeah. (laughs) Well, anything could happen.
1: No, no, (laughs) yeah, that was pretty good. Um, (laughs) I I did like it when the mannequin arm attacks them because you can tell it's them, just kind of moving the thing around themselves. But they do a good job with it. It's a nice, like, right? Yeah, spoilers. Um, so as
0: the doctor's trying to talk with Rose, the manic, the severed mannequin arm comes back to life and. Tries to choke the doctor out and then grabs Rose's Which, face and he manages to yeah. deactivate it again.
1: I did like the creepy moment of the – you hear it like tapping. Yeah.
0: And there is a funny moment as Rose is trying to talk to him as she's making tea and she doesn't notice that the doctor is being choked out by this arm.
1: Yeah, she's, uh,
0: she's not that bright.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. So they, um, they leave. The doctor tells Rose that living plastic is trying to take over the world because they're working for Pinky and the Brain. Wait what? Oh, oh! I was just, oh, okay. oh! I get it! Yeah. I get it! Okay. See, I'm trying to get rid of the "of course" gag. <laughs> I like I like that better actually. Yeah. And he's going to stop them, and she can go home and not worry about it ever again. Yeah, that'll work. Cut to Rose looking up who this guy is, and meets a conspiracy nut who totally knows everything about the Doctor and is wearing that tinfoil hat so his mind lasers won't intercept his thoughts. I love it how his own son says, (laughs) it's another weirdo for you. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of your nutters. (laughs) Yeah. Which, it's a decent way of revealing more about the doctor himself saying, you know, like, oh, he's lived throughout all the ages and everything, and he's always been. Every time
0: there's a big historical event, he's around. Yeah. And maybe this is just American sensibility here, but one of the. One of the events they have a picture of the doctor at is the J- JFK
1: assassination,
0: and I was just like, uh, even today, every time I watch this episode, I cringe at that.
1: Yeah, I'm not a. I'm, honestly, I'm not a big fan uh, when science fiction stuff throws their story into real events, like how the third Transformers movie was like, oh, when Neil Armstrong went to the moon, he then found the
0: Transformers ship. It's like, you know, a eh. story here. When my friends we were when that movie was still in. In production, they came out with that trailer, and we see, you know, the, the buildup of the trailer is Neil Armstrong switch, deliberately switching off his radio, and NASA sends him out to go, and we kind of looked at each other like, whoa, this is kind of a cool concept.
1: Oh, it's a Transformer movies. oh, I man. Kind of, I, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. Ah, shit. yeah. That would have been a cool
0: concept, except it was freaking Michael Bay.
1: Yeah. They might as well, when they walked over that little hill, was found just a big steaming pile of Michael Bay's dump, you know, which – oh, wait. It was – Look on the the bright side. At least it's not Uba Bowl, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's a difference between the two?
0: Well, I mean, we do know he and Tommy – the three of them – three with them with Tommy was so have poker nights,
1: so. That's like the unholy trinity right there. Good lord.
0: (laughs) All right, well, we'll get more into this episode after the next break. Um, I'm in my dressing gown. Yes, you are.
1: There's a strange man in my bedroom. Yes, there is. Where anything could happen. No.
0: And we're back. So, as Rose is talking with the absolute nutty conspiracy theorist... Uh, her boyfriend goes out and looks into a trash can.
1: And the trash can eats him. Seriously. Yep. It even belches. Well, you know
0: again, this show is is part of uh, the BBC's quote-unquote family hour.
1: Yeah. So, oh, I, I should have realized that this guy was probably going to get killed or eaten or absorbed first because he was kind of the token black guy in the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good way to put it. Yeah. Um, he do, again, going to character. He does come back later,
1: more than once, and uh, he turns into kind of a badass again. Mm. Yeah. So it then replaces him with a copy that's so obviously a copy and not the real dude. He might as well just have a shirt that says "I'm an evil duplicate that's trying to kill you" written on it. And, or pod person, or you know, make whatever joke you want. There. Yeah. And of course, Rose, his girlfriend, who knows him better than almost anyone else, doesn't notice at all. Yep. Yep. She's uh, not. She's not very bright. No. So the doctor shows up when, uh, and then
0: when this evil duplicate is interrogating her in an over restaurant, and she still doesn't get it.
1: Yeah. And so the doctor shows up and pops the copy's head off, and then the headless body starts walking around trying to attack him
0: and uh yeah there there's got to be there's got to be a reference to something I don't know <laughs> yeah so, I almost want to call up the terrible magic you brought a inspector gadget but that would mean I'd have to remember that movie <laughs> I never saw it don't yeah and, and you have any respect for the original don't hmm now the new cartoon on the other hand eh, That's
1: another story, the one on Netflix. Yeah. So Oh, after they, they run away from the headless monster and retreat into his police box that is really an alien ship that is much bigger on the inside because don't ask questions It's a called a TARDIS, thank you very much. I don't care, you don't ask questions. The first uh, little, it's the first yeah, they don't... Doctor Who, don't ask questions. <sighs>
0: They don't explain it in this episode but they do actually explore what the TARDIS is in as over the first season. Mm. So, yes, this blue box, this what looks like a big phone booth is the Doctor's time machine. This is something that's universally established across every season and uh it's bigger on the inside like a Pokéball.
1: That's what he said. Wait what? It's bigger on the inside. That's what he said. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So the, he reveals that so, there's some sort of hive mind thing controlling all the mannequins, and they have to go track it down. And suddenly, the doctor's the idiot because he goes, "It must, It would be next to some bit to a big, big well, dish. It would look like a huge wheel." And she keeps pointing behind him, and he goes, "What?" She points to the giant Ferris wheel behind him. and He goes, "What?" And then she points to the giant Ferris wheel behind him. And he goes, "Oh, there we go! Fantastic!"
0: Which is the Ninth Doctor, played by Chris go- uh, Eccleston's uh, kind of his catchphrase. Oh. Each one has, again, uh, kind of their unique take on the character, unique traits. And then Chris Eccleston is—he is the Ninth Doctor. This is his fantastic. And you'll see with the Tenth Doctor, he's kind of "Allons-y." So, So, I'm being a nerd.
1: So, the duo tracked down the goo monster that's controlling all the plastic, and Dr. Well, it's it's come
0: to Earth because it likes our pollution, and it really doesn't care that we're here.
1: Captain Planet!
0: You were waiting to use that one, weren't you? I just thought of it right when you said pollution. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Oh, if we ever do that terrible series... Oh, God.
1: I used to watch that all the time when I was a kid. I know, I did too. I had a freaking lunchbox, okay? <laughs> I'm played, trying to repress that. Dude, I played that. the crappy NES game, okay? There was an NES game? There was an NES game. It was terrible. Oh, we may have to do that. Oh, God, no. I could never... <laughs> I could beat, like, the first level after losing almost all my lives, and you finally get to play as Captain Planet, and it's it wasn't worth it. <laughs>
0: Wait, they actually used the Planeteers or something? Yeah. Not you, even the show really did that. You
1: use their ship, and you get to use, like, their different abilities, and I can't remember what... I think Heart restores your health, which makes no sense, but whatever.
0: Oh, it's more than the show ever did.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, first you play as, like, their little hover ship, and then after you beat the first stage, you get to use Captain Planet himself.
0: It's almost like a bad Power Rangers game, but they never made
1: those. Oh. No. No. Of course not. God, you're leading into us playing, like, Lightspeed Rescue on the n 64
0: No, That's no, cool. I will not. Thank you. The only Power Rangers game I would actually want us to play if we weren't two,
1: several states apart would be the Sega Fighting game. I have that. Yeah. I have the cartridge for that. I also wow. have the original SNES game that has a Fighting game mode in it. You just need a password. Neat.
0: So it's like Mega Man that way.
1: yeah. Exactly, we're making so many references today. <laughs> yep. So uh, the they find this big blob of goo that's controlling all the mannequins, and Doctor Who, or the sorry, the Doctor yep. tries to kill it. Well, tries to talk. It well, down. first he
0: tries to talk it out of yeah. out of doing evil things, and this is kind of the Doctor's personality, regardless of who's playing him. Hmm. He's not one to jump into violence first. He does kind of om- not. As bad as Goku does, I'll admit, he does try and give his enemies a chance to walk away. So it's but,
1: more Captain Picard than Captain Sisko.
0: Right, but if you piss him off, he he doesn't hold back anymore. Okay. He can do some pretty ev- he can do some arguably evil things to people who prey on innocent people.
1: Uh, so it, he tries talking to it, but then it realizes that he has some anti-plastic liquid, go with it. And uh, goes, which translates to "I'm going to take over the world," and with so, your time machine. Yep, and so it activates all the plas- all the plastic mannequins come to life, and suddenly with guns in their arms, apparently. and have guns in their arms for whatever reason, and they kill the guy who was looking at the conspiracies about the doctor thereby widowing his wife and leaving his kid without a father. And, of course, this is never shown again. So, well, nope. nope. And then, uh, wait, time for more kookiness for Rose's mother, who uh, is goofy, and her mother looks barely older than her, as I pointed out, because I guess Britain just has really good health plans. And, uh, yeah, so Rose, to help the doctor, instead of just, like, walking over and, you know, attacking the mannequins that are attacking him, you know, she grabs a chain and swings in, like, Tarzan and kicks them.
0: You know, I almost want to, like, take that scene and overlay Carol Burnett's Tarzan yell there. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. <laughs>
1: Yep, so the, the the anti-plastic blue goo goes into the big goo, and all the plastic people fall over, and... They blow up. Yep. yep, and then, yay! Rose then accepts the doctor's offer to go with her. That would be creepy in any other scenario, on all his other... Wax- well, he, all right, Mitch, is like, yeah, we get to travel through time and
0: space, and it's usually this dangerous. Yep, and she goes, okay! And
1: credits!
0: With the theme song. Yep. Don't forget that. So yeah, that's kind of the series relaunch. It was essentially, like I said, designed to introduce new fans to the series as well as uphold, uphold as well as maintain goodwill with old fans. So does it hold up? Well, you're the one who's new to the series, so you talk first.
1: Meh. <laughs> Just meh. Yeah, I, I didn't hate this. I didn't really care for it all that much went for 43 minutes and then it ended and yeah, after it finished, I just kind of sat here and went, okay. And it took me a while to really put together my thoughts about it. Like at one point I was right before I started watching, I went, you know, I should probably write down notes like I've been doing for a lot of stuff. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to watch it because, you know, I might get into this. I don't want to analyze the hell out of it and stuff. And after it finished, I was like, I don't remember friggin' anything. I really should have written down some damn notes. I almost watched this episode a second time as I couldn't for the life of me remember what the hell happened at first. (laughs) Um, It definitely wasn't terrible by any means. I mean, it had some charm to it, but I didn't really find it all that interesting. And honestly, unless we cover additional episodes for the podcast, I'm not going to be watching this show. Fair enough. the, The most notable thing for me that I can say is it kind of comes off like a lost episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which. Oh,
0: God. Yeah.
1: It has like a corny premise, semi creepy ideas. Like I said, I like the moment when the mannequins first come to life in the very beginning where they just kind of slowly turn and look at her. And that was good, spooky. You know, middle to low range acting, you know, the doctor himself was okay, Rose was okay, everyone else was kind of all over the place. And the low-budget look with some charmingly bad special effects, like the, the ridiculous goop monster. And I, I was kind of expecting at the end of the episode, it kind of fades out as a group of British kids around a campfire, and one saying, and that's how it ended. You know, <laughs> And just so everyone knows, I only have good memories of Are You Afraid of the Dark as a kid, so I'm not insulting the show with that comparison. It's That's what it came off to me like. But, okay. yeah, this didn't really do a whole lot for me. Okay. We'll get to
0: my thoughts after our last break. Okay. Right. Why do you want to start? Um, the inside's bigger than the outside? Yes. S- it's alien. Yeah.
1: Are you alien? Yes. Is that all right? Yeah. It's called the TARDIS, this thing, T-A-R-D-I-S, that's Time and Relative Dimension in
0: Space. For a series reintroduction, this is actually pretty decent in my mind. It introduces the major characters, some of the basic concept, while not answering that many questions. The idea is to keep make fans just interested enough to come back for the next episode. So, and it honestly, most of the major series concepts, the bad guys... That would be series regulars, as well as the use of the TARDIS, gets introduced over that entire first season. So, we get to see the Daleks, we get to see the Cybermen. Um, which, in a lot of ways, the Cybermen are actually more terrifying than the Borg. Um, but that's another story. Uh, it didn't really take. It, it, this episode got me interested enough to see more of a show, and I got hooked pretty easily, actually. However, I'll admit, a lot of the series fans do not like Rose as a companion, and honestly, this episode is a perfect example why. She's not dumb, not by any means, and she quickly comes into her own in realizing not to keep her mouth shut and not outright say stupid shit all the time. But she is not nearly the intelligent of other companions to come, nor as witty as other ones would be. So I don't hate her by any means, but simple fact of the matter is, most of her her seasons, she kind of is just following the Doctor around like a lovesick puppy.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I get the concept of the character is she's there to help introduce the audience back into it as well, because she's the one researching the Doctor, and I do like it when shows, games, movies, whatever, have a proxy character for the audience that it's basically they're learning it as the audience does. See, Tidus in Final Fantasy X, he's not the greatest character, but he's a great proxy for the audience. To yeah, people, I still don't like you him, know, but know, story. He's, as a tool to learn about the world, he's perfect. But yeah. I'm not saying anything to the character itself. So I, I like the concept of the character because it helps you try to figure out what the hell is going on. Rather than just being thrown into the middle of it. Final Fantasy Thirteen. Um, that, oh, that game's day is coming. There, that we will get there one day. Ugh. Anyway, so but other than that, yeah, she she's kind of dumb. She had moments where she was smart, so I was like, why is she an idiot here but actually smart there? And like I did like her find you know actually stepping up and saving the doctor. You see it coming. I didn't see her. Swinging no. in like Tarzan, but okay. And yeah, I when he left at first, I was like, oh, okay, that's the end of it, because I didn't realize that's the shtick that he always has someone with him, and uh, then he pops. More or less,
0: there are there are pair of periods in in between seasons when he or well, he's in between regular companions that he just kind of has a person of the day.
1: Uh, but yeah, and then he pops back. He's like, did I mention he can travel through time? Bye, and she's runs to it like okay. Bye, yeah. Bye,
0: traumatized boyfriend. I
1: hope you are okay. <laughs> Have fun with all your mental scars.
0: <laughs> oh, it gets better because when she shows back up in her own time, it's like six months later, and he's cute, He's been a. They, everyone thinks she's been, you know, kind of like dead and from being <laughs> missing, and he was the prime suspect. So yeah, he really likes the doctor at that point. Oh God. he's ready to punch him out, essentially.
1: But yeah, overall, I mean, I finally saw the show. So it's like, oh, I kind of get some of the jokes that people have done now and I now see where the theme song is. (laughs) I see the theme song now. But yeah, overall for me, like I said, we're I mean, I know we're probably going to cover more of this show for the podcast. But other than that, we might. Yeah, I'm not going to be seeking it out myself.
0: I may have to introduce you to a Cybermen episode, because, like I said, in a lot of ways, they're they're very similar to the Borg, but they're even more terrifying. Hmm. Um, there was it, and there was an official Star Trek, Doctor Who crossover comic that did the TNG crew with Eleventh Doctor, and it is it starts off with the Cybermen and the Borg reaching an alliance, and then the Cybermen take over the Borg, and it and Picard has to ally with a, a Borg remnant to take them down, and it it's just, it's actually pretty scary.
1: You know, it's funny, if you go into Google and just type in 11th, the very first insert, uh, like, answer is 11th Doctor. <laughs> so what do you want to do next time, Jeremy? The same thing we do every few weeks, Pete. <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh, Directive Video hell.
0: Wait, what? <laughs> so what better, and what better to do direct video hell than starting off with Disney's uh, long descent in direct video hell? And the, the pilot of the Aladdin series by another name.
1: Return of Jafar, at last.
0: And we know we can't put it off any longer. Yep, yeah, this time
1: we won't... Behind the
0: scenes, folks, we've put this off, what, two or three times now? Yeah,
1: well, we were. I think this was going to be our... First or second well, no it's, supposed, oh, right, to the it's supposed to be the first one and then we and then, saw, then you showed me Superman brainiac attack and history <laughs> was
0: made so, so next time we will be covering Aladdin the return of Jafar yep and where can uh, where can people find us oh they can find us at frustratedpodcast.com our personal website as well as they can find us on iTunes and on Facebook we love reviews we love comments. Oh, right. Um, I forgot we had a Facebook page. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the only one who maintains it. (laughs) And even then, very poorly, I admit. (laughs) So we'll see you next time, folks. Later, everyone. Visible. What? What? What is it? What? Fantastic.